0: Simon and Wayne's Spiffing Review, with your hosts, Simon Jones and Wayne Bolt.
1: Hello! Hello! And welcome to this week's episode of Spiffing Review.
2: With me, Simon Jones. And me, Wayne Bolt. And Nigel Clegg. Hello! The director of Arms Race, who we interviewed a few episodes back, and he's now back to share his intimate knowledge of extremely bad movies. Yes. This episode, we're concentrating on the not-so-good movies are available.
1: Yes. When independent film goes wrong. Yeah, very wrong. Um, what we're going to be doing is looking at the films of The Asylum. Uh, any fans of the Sci-Fi Channel, or Sci-Fi as I just call themselves now, will be uh, aware of a lot of their films. Uh, we'll be looking at one of their films in particular, uh, Battle of Los Angeles. Not Battle of Los Angeles, which is something entirely different. Yes. Uh, we'll also be going to the trailer park once again,
2: and also our other new feature, Movie Watch. Yes, yeah, so and we'll be wrapping up with a look at the infamous movie Birdemic, <laughs>
1: I'm
2: which Sorry. It's still sorry giving me that. yes nasty flashbacks. Nasty flashbacks. So let's kick off with comparatively an excellent movie... <laughs> Battle of Los Angeles.
1: Yes. Before we do that, I thought I'd just give you a bit of a background to the Asylum, who are responsible for a number of travesties. Yeah,
2: responsible is the word as well. Yeah.
1: They're they're a film studio uh, based in Hollywood, USA, um, that specialises in producing straight to DVD, stroke TV movies, uh, most notably for the Sci-Fi channel, Sci-Fi. And to be fair, I've not seen these films anywhere else. Other one, for some reason, I am the DVD. I don't know why I own it. Oh, I don't own it. I don't own it. It's just here. You don't admit to that. Anyway, the Asylum were founded by former village roadshow executives, uh, David Wimmerwee, Sherry Strain, and director David Michael Latt in 1997. Now, I'm basically reading off of Wikipedia here, so if you really want to find out all the intricate details, then go there. But essentially, it seems to be some um, executives who were a bit miffed with film production and decided to do their own version of it. Yeah, because they had obviously much better ideas of how to do it. Yes. Uh, what they're famous for are what they like to call mockbusters, where they have a look at a particularly um, a particularly well-liked film, or famous film, or any sort of film that's going to make a lot of money, and put their own spin on it. Hence, Battle of Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Not Battle Los Angeles. So, um, some other films they've done include... Uh, Freddie versus no, no. Uh, they've done vampires versus zombies, which is based on Freddy versus Jason. Uh, uh, they've done King of the Lost World, which is based on King Kong, and the Lost World. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've done H. G. Wells's War of the Worlds. Which is based on, of course, H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. Yeah, And I'm
2: sure it's much closer to the original
1: text. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. One of the worst of the films I've seen, which is the Da Vinci Treasure, um, based on, of course, the Da Vinci Code, but the Da Vinci Treasure starring Lance Henriksen, who you can see is in the film wondering why he's in the film. Yeah, and he's done a lot of weird yeah. stuff. They've done Snakes on the Train, which is based, of course, on Snakes on the Plane, um, Transmorphers, which is based on Transformers. Probably was substantially yeah. less impressive yeah. special effects. Can, can you spot the uh, spot the pattern here? Yeah. Um, so you've seen quite a few of these, Wayne. I have. Yeah, yeah. I'm not entirely sure why. No, no. Mostly because they they seem to have this rather nasty habit of being on the Sci-Fi Channel,
2: and then you sort of just get stuck watching them,
1: thinking this is terrible, absolutely terrible.
2: Yeah. A much safer way is to never watch the Sci-Fi Channel, because then you never <laughs> run the risk of accidentally yeah. catching an asylum movie. Yeah. So Battle of Los Angeles. This was my first encounter with an Asylum movie. Uh, would you say this was one of their better efforts or one of their worst efforts?
1: Well, it's certainly one I've enjoyed watching more, but that was mostly due to the fact that there were a few of us watching it uh, with some beer and pizza, yeah. and we were all able to mock the film to, uh, together. Yeah, it's like a little support it. group. I think yeah. if,
2: uh, if you're on your own, it'd probably be quite traumatising Yes, instead. Um, so yeah, Battle of Los Angeles Aliens appear out of the sky In a badly edited sequence Where you're not entirely sure what's <laughs> happening uh, Attack Los Angeles
1: Well, <laughs> it looks like they're attacking Los Angeles
2: but It, it, it could be any yeah, city Just
1: half a dozen people who happen to be on a film lot
2: Yes, and, and then the entire action Takes place on a weird set They found in the middle of nowhere Which appears to be a run down army base That they yeah. pretend is an active army base <laughs> yeah. Even though it's staffed by about five people
1: Yeah, All of which are stereotypes anyway you know, yeah, you, you don't need much more than that. It's got the shouty Sergeant Major. You norm- normally get these sorts of things. Um, yeah, y- you get troopers who don't really know what's going on. Um, yeah, you got your ninja air pilots. Yes, that stereotype there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, samurai woman from the future. Yeah, that ne- never
2: did quite make sense. No, if- everything about the film, and I assume this is common to all their stuff, is that it does feel like it's made up as they go along. There's not very much in terms of planning or thinking about it in advance. It's one of those, think of an idea down the pub, then go and make it. The difference being that they've got this whole setup where they somehow get it on TV and distribute it. Uh, And they've built this whole industry around it, even though the actual material they're putting out is consistently fairly awful.
1: Well, well, the asylum work schedule uh, is typically four months um, from the decision to create the film to the finished product. And the script can take from an hour
2: to a few re- weeks to write. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, because these are films that, in theory, are working on a similar scale to major Hollywood blockbusters in terms of the number of visual effects shots and yeah. the stuff that's happening. Um, but when you describe one of the scenes where it might be a ninja jumping off the top of a building and impaling an alien spacecraft, yeah. and defi- you know, it sounds impressive, but... Yeah. The way they do it is about as quick and as cheap as you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Um, What struck me about it is that with a little bit of effort, you could turn it into a passable, enjoyable B-movie. But as it is, it kind of exists on this level below that, where it doesn't even get up to that kind of level. No,
1: but it's a level at which they're making money though, isn't it? Mm, Yeah. They're obviously doing this. If you can turn out a film in four months, and you're not going to have a huge budget on these sorts of things, um, and you can flog it to the sci fi channel who's going to show it around the world, they're going to make, must be making profit out of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's presumably absolute bare minimum costs. Yeah. So that they can get back whatever it is they want and rely on people who like bad movies yeah. and I mean, to catch it on the sci fi channel yeah. randomly.
1: Oh, I and mean, we, we could try and summarise the story a little bit for you. of... Battle of Los Angeles, but it, shouldn't it, all, take too long. it all got a bit hazy at the end. As Simon started by saying uh, some aliens which appeared to have visited the earth before sometime yes. around the Second World War, maybe, maybe. I kind of forgot about that. While yeah, went through. yeah. Um, uh, turn up, uh, start looking like they're blowing stuff up in Los Angeles, but when you look at it, they must have very good weaponry because they leave no waste behind after they destroyed something. Yes, indeed. It's almost as if. Uh, It was never there in the first place. Um, There's some personal drama with a pilot at the start, which he flies off and that appears to never get resolved. I never quite worked out what happened there. Um, And then there's somebody from the Second World War turns up who
2: met the aliens before. And then somebody from Majestic 12 turns up who... Then the aliens (laughs) might not be the ones attacking. It might be something else or something. Then the aliens might be slaves, but maybe they're not. Yeah, and then Um... they go to... The Sarlacc pit. Well, there's, a, there's an end <laughs> sequence that is attempting to do what Independence Day did, but doesn't quite have the visual effects. But it's, it's, you can to say it's it. about everything about the film. It's
1: trying to do something, something else has already done, but everything else we've done it better. Yes, there's quite a lot of Independence Day in it. Yeah, they do start going a bit Star Warsy. Yeah, um, and
2: many other. Um, Film references in it,
1: but they just seem to do it poorly. Yeah, it's it's
2: it's a really good example of taking all these films that have done certain things really really well, and then this little glimpse into what would have happened if it was made by people with yeah. no skill. Yeah. Uh, other than <laughs> other than presumably skill at working a budget and yeah. somehow making this stuff.
0: Yeah. So it's also a bit disappointing in that the actual area that they shot the film looked like it had a lot of potential. The mm. old army base could have actually been used quite well, and also they had things like an APC, which is actually a very handy piece of equipment, but it was just all shot in such a bad way. Yeah, that's
2: the thing, it's not just the visual effects, because the visual effects are these kind of early 90s CG really terrible quality effects but it's not just that, it's every aspect of the film is poorly done like you say, there's a really cool location they've got and you know they've got actors not necessarily the best actors in the world but they've got a cast there and they've got the equipment to film it with although maybe various different (laughs) cameras given the quality Um, but yeah, then they just don't use it properly. And what was annoying is it felt like with other people given the same resources could actually make a decent fun movie out of it rather than what it actually is. I mean, from your point of view with your sort of art department background on the stuff we've done, you know, give you those resources they had and you come up with some amazing stuff.
0: It's a, a bit of a pity, really, because things like the guns and things—they obviously went for some alien technology, but they obviously made them out of plastic and then didn't coach the actors in how to oh handle God. them. God, Yeah, So it's <laughs> obvious that they were holding a piece of plastic, <laughs> but, a little bit of lead or something added to give them some weight. Just made of added oh, just a tiny bit
1: of realism. Now no, no, you've mentioned props, it reminds me the level of the props was diabolical. There was well, their robots were dustbins on wheels, weren't they? With a couple of um, well, what was yeah.
2: odd? Does it look like a dustbin on wheel, sort of old Doctor Who cobbled together type prop? But I'm fairly convinced it was still CG. Yeah. So they'd somehow got that look in CG, which was impressive. You could have built something for very
0: little money. Yes. That yes. would have looked better.
2: Yeah. And and what's interesting as well is seeing where these props get
1: reused. There's one car in particular that's used two or three times. It's yeah, blown up about three yeah, times. Yeah, which uh, is always very interesting. I I thought it was the one prop they managed to buy cheap, because I at one point thought they were actually really going to blow it up. But then it did appear later. And you know, you might say, oh, maybe it's because they shot things out of sequence and... Um, we were being clever with it I don't think they shot this sequence I just think they turn up and make it up as they're going along a lot of the time
2: yeah it just seems like filmmaking with
0: the absolute
2: minimum care
0: yeah I don't think they put any thought into a lot of the shots because a lot of it just didn't fit together they hadn't mm. thought them through because yeah. sort
2: of- it's important to distinguish this from say Transformers 2 which we also think is an appalling film but you know, it's competently shot. It's competently acted and edited and written, and well, maybe not written. Um, but you know, all the individual aspects are still professionally made. Yeah. Uh, even if it comes together to make a fairly woeful film. Yeah. Whereas with this, all the aspects are terrible. So there's no way the film's going to be anything other than appalling. Yeah. Um, but does it get so bad it's funny? Does it kind of succeed on that level?
1: I don't think it does. I think there are some films out there uh, which are so bad they're funny. Um, and they sort of just stumbled into it. But I think what's happened with The Asylum is they know the sort of film they're trying to make. and It's not as if they've come out of a, a, a brainstorming session in the pub, gone down to make a really good film, in their minds, but it's turned out to be rather naff. But in the way of making it that way, it is funny, just because it's one of them things. Mm-hmm. I think mean, The Asylum, they got a way of doing stuff, which they are trying to achieve that let's go for cult movie kind of status with how naff it is but because they're trying to do it it just doesn't work i yeah. don't think you can intentionally make a funny bad movie yeah
2: but it's got what's weird is this kind of weird blend of the formula that you see in big hollywood blockbusters, which is what makes them so yeah. boring because you know exactly what you're going to get and they seem to have somehow applied that to no budget crappy films yeah. um and that combination is not a particularly yeah. enticing one no. for me.
1: You see, a, a, movie, a film which um, is so bad it's funny is Dungeons and Dragons the movie. Because um, they really went out on a limb to make it look really good. Um, it just didn't. It, it just didn't work. Even though they had Richard O'Brien uh, doing his crystal maze impression. Um, they had Tom Baker. Tom Baker playing an elf with some of the, the most inappropriate subtitling seen in the film. But they tried to shoot that seriously. They didn't go out of their way to make it a naff film because they wouldn't have got a lot of the stars they had. Like Jeremy Irons was in it. Yeah. Say so Tom Baker and uh, a few other famous sorts of uh, sort of genre, especially for a British audience. So a few well-known faces there. Yeah, I think if a
2: film accidentally goes bad, that's when it can be amusingly yeah. bad. Uh, when it's just been put together slapdash because the yeah. people who make it just don't care, then you just feel like they're wasting yeah. your time.
1: Yeah. So Battle of the Asylum, the one thing this has got over a lot of other Asylum films is you don't actually want all the characters to die pretty much within 15 minutes of the film starting. Um, A a good one, (laughs) a good one, a good example of where you actually want the bad guys to win is in their 2009 epic The Terminators, (laughs) where to a man, the the good guys were, were all terrible. You wanted them just to get all blown up in the first 15 minutes and the film could have ended. There's nothing connecting you to, to the characters at all. Um, but with Battle of Los Angeles, there wasn't quite that hatred for the characters. Not, not saying that I liked them or really wanted to follow their journey. And but their you don't want to a like sequel. Them. No. Mm. no. Anyway, good news to you, Simon. I know you're a fan of, uh, of these sorts of um, comic adaptations. They're doing Almighty 4 to be released
2: later <laughs> this year. <laughs> Excellent, <laughs> which is really good. They're going to have to improve their casting somewhat to actually find someone that's <laughs> going to work at all. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's one thing Battle of Angeles doesn't have is anyone who's vaguely recognisable, because I mean, early on they managed to get a D or E list celeb to turn up in it, like Lance Henriksen uh, for his sins turn up in The Da Vinci Treasure, and there's other smatterings of these sorts of uh, um,
2: genre uh, icons who sort of tend to turn up, but maybe words got around that they're actually just rubbish. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how long they can keep doing this, really, because even the people that found their stuff amusing at first, or maybe still do, you know, eventually the joke gets old. Yeah, and... it's going to be for as long as sci-fi want them to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not
1: just us who have these have these feelings about these films. Um, if you go to IMDb, there are quite a number of people who uh, are more than happy to share their experiences of these. Um, for example, I was talking about the film Terminators, Um K Conley 618 says, It's a stab out my eyes this film is so god-awful sci-fi film. <laughs> yeah. First off, he apologises to his wife for making her watch this film. Um, it's by far the worst movie he's ever seen in his entire life. The movie is like a porno, without the porn.
2: Does it sound Actually, familiar? <laughs> yeah, that is a really good point. One thing that surprised me about Battle of Los Angeles was the lack of exploitation in it. Because I've always expected that the kind of really low-budget, straight-to-DVD, knock-off yeah. type movies, part of the way they get an audience is either through completely gratuitous nudity or gratuitous violence or, you know, just something gratuitous, essentially. Yeah. But this didn't have anything like that. It was a completely PG-rated movie, which, you know, yeah. you don't even get that kind of visceral, naughty, child-like kind of excitement about watching it. Mm. So, yeah. There's, yeah. there's literally nothing in it worth watching. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, I and mean, we could go on, and we could repeat the same for all the movies in the asylum. Yeah, you know, but somehow, you know, fair dues to them, they're, they're making a the business of it, and they made a load of movies, and as long as the sci-fi channel keeps yeah. um, sponsoring them to do this sort of tosh, then they're going to keep doing it. Exactly. So sci-fi
2: channel, I say stop! Yeah, it's all their fault. Yeah. On the plus side, it's not as bad as Birdemic, but we'll get to that after the train yeah. park.
1: Yeah, so um, before we uh, finish that, any more thoughts on... Um, Battle of Los Angeles. Did you want to mention the amazing stunt work they did? Well, it was Especially bad, with their combat rolling. We did
0: watch it the whole way through. Yeah. There was no, you know, although it was it was pretty difficult to watch, we actually got through to the end of it. Yeah. Which is quite an achievement, But, I but
1: think. could you have sat down on your own and watched that film? I uh, don't know. And enjoyed it all the way through? I think so. I mean, it's definitely one of these films. If we're going to watch it, and it's the same with the other Asylum movies, I think mean, the only way to watch it is half drunk leading to full drunk with a bunch of mates who can all take the mick out as you go along, and I think you enjoy the experience of watching it, but not actually the movie. The <laughs> movie itself. Mm-hmm. So, enough of that. Yeah, but if you want to get an idea as to the sort of thing it is, go onto any review website and um, have a look at pretty much all the one-star reviews. Do you get the occasional um, idiot? Yeah, I imagine
2: um, the comments are far more entertaining than the actual movies themselves. Yes,
1: yes, indeed. Right. Okay. So that brings us on now to the trailer park.
2: We've no. taken a slightly different approach this week, rather than going to the Apple Movie Trailer's website, because that's been annoying us increasingly, Yeah, um, we've instead gone to IMDb to look at their collection of the latest trailers. Yes, first of all we have Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, or Rise of the Trailer of the Planet of the Apes, as I like to call it. Which is yet another Planet of the Apes movie, but they're clearly running out of titles.
1: Yes, well, yeah, and it's not even the rise of the Planet of the Apes, is it? It's the prequel to the Rise of the Planet of the Apes.
2: Yes, it's the rise of the idea of the Planet of the. apes.
1: it's the rise of the apes on being tested on of the apes in a tribe.
2: Yeah, rise of the experiment
1: that leads to the rise of the apes. there were apes in it. Yeah, there were apes. Yes. Well, it's yeah. It should be called the testing on the monkeys that leads to the rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, that would be more descriptive. Yeah. 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 Well, that's from what we've seen, anyway. Uh, it's di- directed by Rupert Wyatt, and it stars James Franco and Andy Circus. Now, I'm guessing Andy Circus is most of the monkeys. Yes, yeah, he does like doing monkeys. Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. I, I he's, he's a good
1: actor in, in uh, stuff when he's been just Andy Circus. Well, not just Andy Circus, but when he's not been used as a motion yes, capture when his uh, actual monkey. body is in it. Yeah, he's yeah. Quite good. Um, well, it's just going to be like a Planet of the Apes movie, isn't it? it <laughs>
2: yeah. there's it, not really much to say about what it's going to be. It, it, it looks all right. It's going to tick the boxes. Yeah, I think that's the problem I've got with it. It's like, regardless of how good it is, it's just another ape movie. Yeah. And it might be the best ape movie ever made, but I'm not yeah. that interested in it. And,
1: and it's not going to... I think the trouble with, with CGI in this situation is the... the, the the apes in the Planet of the Apes, because they were basically Roddy McDowell and co. in monkey suits, there was a lot more human emotion behind it, whereas I was mean, like, we're going to start losing
2: that sort yeah. of thing. Well, even in the Tim Burton one, there was a certain uh, entertainment and sort of thrill from seeing like, Tim Roth and Hennepin and Carter yeah. and Michael like, Duncan in like monkey mode, <laughs> if yeah. you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, and it, Although I quite like the fact that there's a Planet of the Apes movie in which the apes look like apes, yeah. that's kind of a cool concept, but... I think half the fun is going, it's, oh, look, it's that actor yeah. that I've seen the other stuff. Yeah, and it's not a proper Planet yeah. of the Apes movie. This is something that the Transformers movies have got completely wrong, because the original toys, back when I was a kid, and the comics and the cartoons, part of the fun of those was you see a robot going around, and you go, oh, look, but it's actually a VW Beetle, and you can see, like, bits of the car still. Whereas all the new designs they have gone in the new movies, you can't tell what the hell it is, because yeah. it's so busy. So, kind of the same problem here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um... What are you going to give up for it's Gertie then, Simon? Um, ambivalent face, really. It was an okay trailer. I thought the first half of the trailer was a lot better than the second half uh, to sort of build up. But yeah, I, just, I can't summon any excitement
1: yeah. for it. I've got ambivalent, but varying on the side of happy. Because I mean, it's not going to be a Planet of the Apes movie, but I think mean, it might be an all right sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Nigel?
1: Ambivalent face, I think. Ambivalent face and Nigel. Yeah. So, moving on to Spy Kids 4. Yeah, well, Spy Kids
2: 4D. 4D. 4D, yeah. Wow. And
1: I'm... Quite interesting, this because surely a lot of films have already been
2: shot in 4D. Yes, surely that's just moving through time. Yes. If it was just a single frame, then that wouldn't be shot in 4D, but that's what you call a a picture. Yeah. So someone should probably have told them that. Yeah,
1: so uh, films are nothing more than 4D pictures.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Mm. Anyway, so it's subtitled, All the Time in the World, which I think is why they're playing on the 4D thing, because it's going to be in 3D, it's Spy Kids 4... And it's 4D. And and it's all about time and stuff. Yeah. That's quite clever, actually. I'll let them off then. Oh, okay. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, it looks like the only star or note in it is Jessica Alba. Um, She's done some acting with some children. Um, And I've not seen any of the Spy Kids movies before, because they've just never really appealed. Mm. But it just looks like it's going to be Home Alone meets James Bond,
2: uh, but with clogs and dogs. Yes. uh, I've seen the first Spy Kids, which I actually (laughs) thought was really good. Um for a kids movie I thought it did the job really well and it was full of imagination and energy and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah is this one directed by Robert Rodriguez Uh, I don't know I didn't see I I can can have a look have a quick look because I don't know if he's still doing them or whether he's kind of passed it off onto some kind of underling um, because it looks like a completely new cast it's not the same kids from the originals but what struck me is how kiddy it looked I suppose Um, I know that's kind of the point but there didn't seem to be anything in it that would appeal outside of that kid audience. Which is okay, really, because it's a kid's film. So I'm not going to criticise it for that. But from my own point of view, there's no real appeal. Yeah, it is written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, it,
0: there might be some fun imaginative yeah. set pieces. Just, yeah. I possibly. couldn't get past the fact that they keep going on about a sapphire, but the prop is red. Yeah. You do not get red sapphires.
2: Apparently they come in every other colour, but not red. But not and red. as soon as I saw that, I just couldn't... You just couldn't take it seriously, could you? Well, you know, Nigel is a rock doctor. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, it's another ambivalent face for me. Not a sad face, because I'm sure kids will love it. Yeah, yeah.
0: no, ambivalent face to me as well. Unhappy face to me, they should... Get their rocks right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. pay more attention to geology. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's (laughs) very important. Yeah, I mean,
2: they're teaching kids
0: bad habits, yeah. Yeah, that's a basic thing, surely. Yes.
1: Okay, so then moving on to,
2: I don't know how she does it. Yeah, which I thought no. should probably be called I Don't Know Why She Does It. Yeah, and I don't know why anyone would watch it. Yeah, so this is Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex and the City 3, except the other girls aren't in it and they've given it a different title. Yeah, it's a shit film about lists. <laughs> yeah. Actually, one thing about the trailer is <laughs> at no point did I have any idea what it was about. <laughs> no. Yeah, but... there's this woman going through life and she's got a job. Yeah, and she met
1: Fraser in Remington Steel.
2: Yeah, yeah, and there's some characters in it. Yeah. But by the end of the trailer I had Absolutely no concept of what happens in the movie. No. Uh, or any desire to watch it, I'm guessing? No, not really. <laughs> um, I, you know, there was a chance, but no, there wasn't a chance. Mm. At, all, not not at all. So, um
1: So, well, let's just dive straight into that one. Sad face. Very, very sad face. Sad face. Three sad faces for the horse-faced Sarah Jessica Parker. I only say horse-face because everyone else does. I, I don't I don't <laughs> yeah. like her big nose. Y- you're not a mean
2: person, usually. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, she's responsible for, like, Sex and the City being popular, and that's just terrible. And, you know, everyone has slated, um, I suspect most people who are slating it haven't watched it, um, Sex and the City 2. But it just seems to be the worst film yeah. ever. And but, not, to worse be, in a different way to Birdemic, but we'll get yes, to that later. Exactly.
2: But but to be fair, even people that like the TV show appear to hate the movies. So, yeah. So that, that maybe shows how bad the movies are. Yeah. So, Kidnapped.
1: Yeah, uh, is this the one based on Robert Louis Stevenson's uh, tale of Kidnapped? I don't think so. Well, I, mean, I don't know. Well, I suppose it might be in so far as someone gets kidnapped. Anyway, uh, it's an Eastern European film about someone who gets
2: kidnapped. And not just him getting kidnapped, but his family gets kidnapped. Yes, although they don't seem to get to actually leave the house. So can you be kidnapped if you don't leave your house? Mm. That's more like being held hostage, surely. Yeah, so we should have called
1: it Hostage. Yeah. But there's a film called Hostage, though, isn't there? True. But the yeah. guy
0: does
2: get kidnapped, I suppose. Yes.
1: So maybe if you're looking at it from his point of view, then the kidnap is correct.
0: Maybe it should be called Kidnap and Hostage. Yes. Yeah. It's another uh, one of those films, though, that's just designed to make you feel scared in your own home. Look what could happen. You know, Someone yeah. mm. invade your home, Feel be afraid, because this is too realistic. It's yeah, so it was,
1: wasn't there a, a an American film we, were, we
2: had in the trailer park two or three episodes yeah, ago? James yeah, James um, Marsden. Oh, that was uh, Straw Dogs remake. Mm. Um, but yes, this does seem to be in the line of... Just trying to make people generally afraid yep. of life. Yeah. Which, I mean, it looked quite well done, but the subject matter really turns me off because I don't really like... You know, I quite I like occasional horror movies and movies that aren't happy, isn't necessarily. A, isn't an occasional horror movie like an occasional table? Uh, similar, no. yes. Uh, but, I don't know, this, yeah, this... It, it seems to be just wanting you to be paranoid and worried about your everyday life, which yeah, doesn't I, appeal. No, I mean, it looks very moody, but, um...
1: Yeah, it doesn't appeal.
2: No, I would also say that even if it was a film that did appeal, the trailer showed far too much of what happened in the movie. It had a really intriguing start, but then seemed to give every major plot point away. Yeah. Anyway, um,
1: it sounds like we're not fans of it. Um, I'm going to give it an ambivalent face, because it looks like it will be a very moody, yes. and very well shot, very well executed film. Yeah. Just not one that appeals to me, so ambivalent face. Yeah, same here. I mean, it did look... Quite good, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Just not very nice. And is- a happy face for me. I think I'd leave the cinema feeling grumpy, and I don't like leaving the cinema feeling grumpy. Oh,
2: okay. Mm-hmm. So, last trailer is Shark Night, which we picked specifically because Shark Night 3D. Oh, sh- yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, we picked this because it kind of fits in with the films we we're reviewing this episode. Yep. Uh, by the title, at least, we thought it would fit in. Um, but then it turns out it's produced by actual professional producers yeah. and directed by someone that has made yeah. good... Well, not good, but yeah.
1: professionally put together films. Well, it's directed by David R. Ellis uh, and starring Sarah uh, Paxton and Dustin Mulligan. I'm, I'm big fans of all of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm yeah. glad. Uh, well, it's, it's another American Spring Break movie, but um, didn't we have this last year with Piranha 3D? It
2: was an American Spring Break movie, but with Piranhas. Spring Break? Spring Break. Yeah, except Piranha seemed to be very much going for the comedy, silly mm. angle, as this seems to be going for the yeah. more horrific kind of Jaws yeah. meets Hostel kind of look. Yeah. Um, well, it is uh, from the producers of Hostel and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, indeed. Um, it seemed, from the trailer, to be kind of like an asylum movie, but made by people who are competent. Mm. Um, but the actual stuff it's about is still fairly generic. Yeah. yeah, well, it just looks too much shot like shot by shot like Jaws. Yeah, like slightly better special effects. Yeah, but otherwise, uh, I've got the sense from the trailer that there's something nasty going on on the island, and people keep getting fed yeah. to the sharks. But they didn't really go into that. So no, it looked like people there's go to a, an island. There's a shark, and they have a lot of trouble staying out of the water, even though there's an island they can stand on. Um, whereas presumably the more interesting aspect of the film is the fact that there's somebody on the island that's actually forcing them into the water. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe the people doing the trailer. This is something we always
1: discuss. Is it, um, is the trailer necessarily selling the movie? Um, and I don't really think so. Um, from this trailer, um, you may as well just watch Jaws again. Because Jaws um, it is a good movie. And it still stands up as a good movie. Even though it's a bit robbery with sharky.
2: Yes, I mean, the the effects in Jaws are fairly atrocious. Right at well, and, and dated as well. It's mid-70s. Yeah, but that doesn't really get in the way of a really good movie. No. Where... It's actually got real characters and a proper story and interesting filmmaking. And also,
0: the title's a bit odd because most of the trailer was actually shot during the daytime and most of the shark attacks were during the daytime Mm. and they've called it Shark Night. Mm. I know, that's terrible. Surely that's an easy thing to fix. Yeah, is that
2: worse than calling a rock by the wrong name? No.
0: That's that's still the worst thing. (laughs) That's still (laughs) the worst
1: thing. Um, I think they're going to make a lot of use of the 3D um, even just watching the trailer which is in 2D or 4D as we were discussing earlier on because otherwise that would just be a picture um, although if it's not in 3D presumably it is in 3D but the third d mean, is the fourth d yeah it could well be I think mean, mean, you've nailed it yep uh, um, you can just see bits of the film where they're doing it just to get that 3D shock effect kind of uh, effect that's why it's called the shock effect <laughs> <laughs> yes um, and, I don't know I think mean, that might put me off because um, you're not going to be to see it in 2D anywhere in a cinema I wouldn't have thought and I'm just not a big fan of 3D movies, mostly because the glasses just annoy me. Yeah, it's not not a good fashion statement.
0: No. And you also pay a lot extra to see a 3D movie, and this probably yeah. doesn't really warrant the extra. Yeah,
2: even though they've they probably recouped all their setup costs yeah. in Avatar. There's yeah. no reason. God to damn you. extra stuff! I, I might pick that then. God yeah. damn you, film industry! Well, that's why right. you were so angry. That yeah. you, you picked the mic. Which I is did good. recognize yeah.
0: one of the actors in it. He was one of the. Uh, he's from Bones, the American TV series. Ah. Mm. Uh, oh, right. Right. But
1: he was only in it for yeah. a second or two. Oh, no. well. Maybe he's in it more. Yeah. He's probably in it more, yes. Yeah. Well, you'd hope. Um, so, what, well, Gertie, of so that
2: one then, guys? Sort of an amb- ambivalent face, I suppose. Because, again, it looked like it was okay in terms of how it was made, but not that interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I, I started with an ambivalent face. And then Did I sort of gave start it... to droop? No, I, I gave no it, bit, it a bit of a smile. No no and, then, and now it's gone to a bit of a sad. Oh. So it's ended up sad. You <laughs> taught yourself out of it. <laughs> yeah, once again...
0: I'd go for ambivalent. I might watch it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. Yeah. I, th- I
2: think it could be another one of those movies that, if you watch it with a bunch of people, it could be quite entertaining. Yeah, <clears throat> but probably not one to watch on your own.
1: Yeah, Well which probably means it's not a good one to watch in a cinema because you can't really sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can sit there in a cinema and, uh, and start barracking a film.
2: Well, if it's skyline, you can. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that's allowable. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it doesn't like uh, another group viewing uh, to get the most out of it, i.e., to not hear most of the dialogue. And uh, to worry about your pizza as opposed to the plot. Exactly. So, uh, this now brings us on to our feature presentation, uh, Birdemic, uh, which has been touted as possibly uh, the worst film ever made.
2: Yeah, this was a couple of years ago. It got a completely bizarre amount of press in all the mainstream news Mm. and movie and what have you. Yeah. Yeah. all suddenly obsessed with this terrible movie. Yeah. Uh, wait, no, I still don't really understand how it managed that. There's some sort of marketing genius either working on the film or on the people that picked uh, it up and the, distributed it. The, the marketing genius is James Newman. You reckon? Who
1: is also the writer and, and director, director. Uh, and producer.
2: Yes. Unfortunately, he's not a filmmaking genius. No.
1: <laughs> he hadn't gone to film school, I read.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's surprising.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Birdemic. It's uh, very much based on the birds. By Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, Uh, but without any skill. Yeah, Um, in any of the areas, including uh, writing, acting, um, editing, directing cinematography
2: mm-hmm. um, catering titling titling effects yeah I mean, uh, all our slagging off of Battle of Los Angeles and moaning about the asylum Birdemic makes those films look like watchable. masterpieces no we don't
1: make them look like masterpieces we make
2: them look watchable okay that might have been an exaggeration <laughs> uh,
1: but <laughs> you, you remember it wasn't that long ago you know, since we saw Battle for Los Angeles it's not not getting carried away it's not it's not brilliant is it yeah anyway uh,
2: Birdemic does force you to recalibrate your scale of yeah. bad movies yeah but, well, as I say, do you want to summarise what it's about? Well, any, i tried to. It, it,
1: it, it's, it's a romantic thriller um, which has an ecological message which uh, results in
2: exploding birds. Yes. Uh, I should probably warn you, if, if this at any point sounds like a fun film to watch because you like the idea of bird attacks, or maybe you saw the trailer and were amused how funny the special effects were, mm. it's worth pointing out that the first 45 minutes are a really, really bad soap opera. <laughs> with terrible <laughs> acting, terrible writing. There's no bird attacks at all.
1: No, there are a couple of birds, though.
2: Yes, and there are, in fact, there are birds the in the fact, a the first
1: 45 short. minutes, you're going to almost have a drinking game of every time there's a bird, which <laughs> there aren't many of. Um, you, you could probably have a little bit of a drink and not get that drunk for the first uh, 45 minutes.
2: Yeah, and, and then it suddenly switches into this supposed horror <laughs> movie of being attacked by birds. But literally, one scene to the next, it just switches. It's like the most... No, da- well, no, no, to be fair, there is a nice little transitioning moment between <laughs> yeah. the... Uh, it's rim- like, you know how in 2001, it, that's like lauded as the most amazing cut in cinema history where he throws the bone up in the air and then it cuts to a spaceship. And people are always like, that's the most audacious cut in the history Are you about to compare cinema? something from Birdemic to 2001? Yes. The shot where it goes <laughs> from just random lovely shots of the countryside two birds attacking no explanation yeah, dive bombing with uh, yeah. <laughs> exploding <laughs> with birds yeah.
0: like, they, they dive bomb and then they explode yeah they yeah. sound yeah. like airplanes. or said so dive
2: bombing yeah, as they well do. there's <laughs> a bird towards the end that is a spitfire <laughs> as it crashes into the windscreen of a car
0: I was just mostly confused I just didn't know where to, where uh, to look well
2: I, I don't know where to start with, with this film um, well, I guess one thing is is it a spoof or is it not a spoof it's not a spoof that was the big question as we were watching it yeah um
1: Christopher Puttuck, who's been a guest on the show, uh, he, who's a, a, a film aficionado, um, was convinced, and I think he's mostly trying to convince himself, <laughs> that uh, James Nguyen, uh the director, writer, producer, cook, um, was, uh, was very, very clever. And has actually duped the world into watching a very, 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 very good parody of bad movies but he hasn't it's just made a bad movie yeah i'm it... afraid christopher that is the case yeah <laughs> this chris... isn't someone gone out their way to do it is to uh, to go always done in the style of like those 1940s style horror movies and more hitchcock and stuff no
2: christopher knew it's, it's just, just bad <laughs> yeah chris did seem increasingly desperate as the film went along to justify his position on that one. yeah um... Um, yeah i mean i i wasn't sure because some of it is so awful it doesn't make any sense. Like mm. Some of the sound dropouts all the yeah. way through it, I can't think really of a logical way that could happen unless you did it deliberately. In in some of the cases, it just doesn't make any sense. But, Whatever workflow you had is it, ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, I, I get the feeling it, it wasn't a spoof. But what, one thing I think might be the case is, because it also sort of might explain why half the film is a drama with no horror or fantasy element at all. Mm. And then the second half is completely different. I do wonder if they were making what they hoped was a serious drama, realised halfway through that it wasn't going to work because it was terrible, then threw in this bird stuff. That also turned out terrible. And then he maybe increased how bad it was because he knew that if he just made it bad in a normal way, as in, you know, it was edited and the sound actually worked, even if it was all bad, that wouldn't have gotten many <laughs> press. But...
1: But surely if that was going to happen, then that would have leaked out onto the internet. That, that is the plan behind it. And there's nowhere, I can't find anything on the World Wide Web which even suggests or hints that that is what it's
2: out to so do. it was deliberate, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but I don't think you should deliberately go out to make a bad movie. I like bad movies because they're accidentally bad. But to deliberately go out and make a bad movie is just kind of pointless.
1: Because you can't do it. Uh, there's been a few articles I've read saying you can't make a cult film. You just can't it just a do it. Yeah. Or it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think, like you are saying, you know, there's no point making a bad movie because all you've done is just waste your time. Mm. So even if you do it really well and really cleverly, it's still a, a bit irrelevant, really. Uh, yeah.
1: And what, what was... Um, other other things we can mention about... It. The acting in it, it really is terrible. Uh, the lead character, uh, Rod, uh, was played by Alan... Bah! Um... Yeah, terrible I mean we could all act better than that no yeah. I couldn't no you could no. no you didn't see all the film you see, Nigel <laughs> didn't see all the film he uh, he bottled it he ducked out yeah. that's
2: his joke yeah. I mean uh, uh, sometimes um, when we review a people often say I oh, could act better than that and generally they couldn't mm. because even while well, the lame actors in major movies you don't realise actually they're still doing quite a good job <laughs> yeah. um, but in this case it is true yeah. Literally anybody could act as well, if not better, than the actors in the mm. film.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, Whitney Moore played the uh, female lead in it, uh, Natalie. Um, she was cast after James Nguyen, uh saw her picture on the casting website. And uh, was just cast pretty much down then. She's done a couple of interviews afterwards, and not being particularly um, polite about the film. Uh, they were led to believe the effects were going to be slightly better. Now, the effects are nothing more than... Um, like animated gifs yeah, stuck on yeah, top. Yeah, animated gifs are stuck on top of the movie. It's just crazy. And it's quite funny. For the first couple of minutes you see it, you think, ha oh, isn't that funny? But then there's another 45 minutes of it. This is labouring a point. I mean, this film could have done with like 90 minutes of it being chopped. Yes. Yeah, or well, yeah.
0: Definitely. <laughs> there was definitely one sequence where he was following a car around for a rather large <laughs> amount of time and he could have cut that down oh. to about five seconds.
1: Oh yeah, there's fascination with cars and car parks. The, the amount of times you saw a car just either going into a car park or
2: pulling behind another car well, it did, it or like just he, watching its journey. Yeah, It's okay. like he didn't realise that between scenes, like one scene ends and then there's the next scene, you can just cut from one to the other. You don't have to show how the characters got from scene A to scene B because mm. the audience will fill it in themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because audiences are clever like that. Yes, yeah. uh, and this is the it, it, parts of it are so bad, like the, the visual effects, for example. But they're so prevalent. It's not like there's one visual effect in the film that they cocked up and it didn't work very well. In which case, you might be like, "Yeah, right." Um, it, it's such a major element of the film for them to be that bad does make me suspicious about the film itself and how serious or how spoofy it is. Because oh. if if it's just a genuinely bad movie. I can't see how it could be that bad. But also, I can't see how it could be that bad and get distribution. Um, Because it became a,
1: I would say cult hit or cult favourite. It's not. It's one of those Media movies. Media phenomenon? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a phenomenon. It's one of those things where I think people go out of their way to watch it. I mean, we went out of our way to watch it. Because you can't believe it's that bad. Yeah. And, and then it is. It really is. Anyway, we could go on. Um, such a mention for Tippi Hedren, who's who was in it. Tippi Hedren, of course, was the lead actress in *The Birds*. Was she in it? Yeah, she was in it, or uh, uh, on one of the TVs in the background using stock footage from a previous film. But she's cast as being uh, in it, so nice. to, to add that whole um, <laughs> authenticity. Uh, yeah, authenticity, yeah, authenticity to it. Yeah, I'm sure she really was uh, happy about that. But there we go. So that's it. That's terrible, terrible, terrible film. Mm, absolutely worthless <laughs> in every regard. Yeah, uh, I, I really wouldn't recommend anyone buy the DVD. Um, we, we watched it because we had to to save you the pain by mm-hmm. going through it. But, yeah, I, yeah.
2: I have seen worse cases of filmmaking because over the years I've seen lots of really bad filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But this is 13, I'm talking about 13 year olds who have just got their first camera and are trying to figure out how it works and they make something on a level of Birdemic but then they very rapidly get better and better. Yeah, this no guy. It's a learning experience. Exactly. And, you know, they're really young kids. This guy was, I don't know what in his thirties when he made this and he made a few films beforehand supposedly. There's just no excuse.
1: No.
2: Um, he should probably be arrested. Yeah. Yeah, before he gets to finish
1: Pandemic Two, the Resurrection 3D. <laughs> yes. Which is a uh, planned for release later this year. Lovely. Uh, I won't be bothering with that. Alan Barr is returning. Yeah. In the of Rod. Excellent. So there we go. So that's it, and really
2: um yeah, we watched these films that you don't have to. Indeed, so yes, but don't be put off from like indie alternative movies. Yes, yeah. there are some good ones out there, yeah. and we'll, we'll try to focus on some of the good ones in future episodes. Yes, um, but before we go, uh, we forgot after the trailer park to do movie watch. Did we? What movies have you been watching? Oh, these two. Yes, <laughs> does that put you off watching movies? Yeah, for a bit. This might be the end of uh, a <laughs> spiffing review. It might be. We we'll have to find something good. Yeah, well, actually, on the, on the theme of terrible movies, I saw a, a snippet of Dino Shark. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see the whole thing, because I couldn't quite manage it. Hmm. But I watched about half an hour of it, and it. what was amazing is that literally nothing happened. <laughs> People got in a boat, drove around a bit, got out of a boat, looked at a special effect in the water, and went <gasps> and then got back in the boat and drove around a bit. Uh, I'm not sure you drive boats. Is that pilot, maybe? So, I mean, sail. Sail. Well, no, it wasn't a sailboat. Boat, That'd be too classy. Um, I mean, yeah, you pilot it. I love that That's what's that's what's strange about these movies because you think they're going to be these exploitation, yeah. fun, crazy things, but then you realise they're actually yeah. just incredibly boring. Yeah. Oh, also
1: talking of films like that, stay away from uh, sci-fi films ending with apocalypse, such as Stonehenge Apocalypse, and especially Quantum Apocalypse. Of the two, watch Stonehenge Apocalypse, but stay away from Quantum Apocalypse. It's a film where it's dull, terrible, awful acting. And at the end of the film, they basically go back in time as if nothing had happened. So you may as well not bother watching it. <laughs> it wasn't a particularly exciting journey anyway.
0: But do you don't think these films serve a purpose in that they're helping people who suffer from insomnia late at night to convince themselves? But they don't that going know because you idea. just get angry watching it.
1: And you want to see how bad it can get. I find it inspires oh. me to sleep. Oh, all right. Anyway, have, have you seen any other movies we've watched recently, only coming out? Which I did good? see
0: the remake of The Andromeda Strain, which looked like it had potential, but only if you've actually seen the original film. Oh, really? It looked like it could have been quite good, but I'm pretty convinced they cut out some major parts of the script, which were quite... Kind of essential to the story. Oh yeah, know?
1: don't let story get in the way. To the point
0: where I kept going back to check my DVD to see if, like, for some reason <laughs> it had skipped fifteen yeah. minutes. It was uh, a bit difficult yeah. to understand it.
1: So hmm. anyway, I suppose we've got looking forward.
2: Um, new Harry Potter coming out soon. That should yes. be good. Closer to now is the X Men film, which yeah. I think is out this week. Yes. Um, so I will be definitely seeing that. As so Matthew
1: we'll be... Vaughan and. Yes, Ken that's, Goldman again, isn't that's it? their
2: follow-up to Kick-Ass, which yeah. was your top film of it last was indeed, year, yeah. and my, well, in my top something or other. Uh, excellent movie. And this is going to be interesting, because obviously Kick-Ass was this kind of deconstruction, taking the piss out of comics, Yeah, and now he's gone straight from that to doing an actual comic book movie. Yes, so, so it should be good. Yeah. Anyway,
1: so that's it. Let's got any more tidbits no I don't think so okay uh, no, so, think so we'd just like to thank uh, Nigel Clegg for coming in and joining us and I apologise for making him watch some of but he should apologise to us for not watching it all like the rest of us did yeah we suffered all the way through <laughs> we did indeed so My that plan you plan don't plan. have to yeah. <laughs> anyway so until next time well, hopefully we'll have some slightly more cheery movies we can get really enthusiastic about um, don't watch Gamer still don't watch Gamer yeah it's still worse yeah <laughs> <laughs> goodbye goodbye If you'd like to contact us, you can email Simon and Wayne at spiffingreview.com. Follow us on Twitter at spiffingreview, or visit our website at spiffingreview.com. Spiffing Review is an It's a Trap production.